I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again to jump into that black and gold DeLorean and go way back to Steelers yesteryear and check out another great game in the history of your favorite team, the black and gold. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I'm so glad to be with you once again. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime. When we go back in time, it's Tony Defio. Tony, what is up, my man? I am doing fantastic. I love going back in time. This is, this is going to be another fun one. I can't wait to, get, to dive into it. You know what? You and I are very nostalgic people, and going to watch these games over and over again it's cathartic for me. I enjoy this so much. I love not forgetting about some certain players that you may have forgotten all about. I like getting to see guys like Rod Woodson play games in their prime again, Lewis Lips. I love watching guys that you don't think about much anymore, like Gary Dunn and Brian Mm -hmm. Hinkle. And if you don't even know who these guys are, I know you do, Tony, but it is so cool to check these guys out because there's a lot of good football, contrary to popular belief, in the 1980s. This isn't the 1980s we're going back to, but this is not too far after, and it's a very fun time in Pittsburgh Steelers history, so I can't wait to do this one, my man. I absolutely agree, and to your point, like you watch these guys, these legends from the past, and in time, you don't appreciate how good they are, but when you years later, when you get away from it and you see them again, you're like, wow. Those guys were truly special. So that's another reason why I love going back and and watching these old games. Speaking of legends from the past, one of my favorite singers of all time, because he was very, he was a pop singer, a rock singer, but he was operatic. The guy who produced all of his music was a man named Jim Steinem. 
And if you haven't heard him, if you don't know who he is, you do know because you know a lot of his songs because they had a lot of power behind it. They were ballads, but they had a lot of power. And this man had one of the hottest songs in the world on this day that we're going back to as we go back to October 17th, 1993. This was a guy that was big in the 70s and he ended up being big on Celebrity Apprentice as well. His name is Marvin Lee a day. Do you remember Marvin Lee? Actually, uh, I don't. Is, is that a, was it a, a different name? Or did he did he go by a, a different name, or is that that was his, his name? Yes, he did. So let me serve you up a heaping helping of meatloaf. Oh wow! Big comeback for him. A lot of people don't realize this, but everybody, a cult favorite of a lot of guys, would be Fight Club, and Marvin Lee a day also known as Meatloaf, was in Fight Club as well. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. I watched it a, a long time ago. He was in that movie. That's right. So the number one song at that time was I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That. And that is a fantastic song for me to this day. Also uh, big on the charts was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Number one at the box office, Tony, was Demolition Man. Wesley Snipes, along with Sylvester Stallone. You know, I think I saw it, but I need to go back in time and watch that maybe again, see if that holds up. This was big news this weekend, too. This is a Sunday we're covering, but two days before, a very important duo were recipients of the Nobel Peace Prize, and that would be F.W. de Klerk and Nelson Mandela being awarded on this weekend, Tony, back in 1993. Pioneers, yeah, de definitely uh, deserving of that award. So the New Orleans Saints came to town, and they were hot to start the 1993 season, Tony. They entered this game at 5-0, and while the hometown Steelers were a pedestrian 3-2, and opening up a beautiful fall day at Three River Stadium. And out comes a guy we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Hall of Famer Rod Woodson fielded the opening kickoff, and put Neil O'Donnell and his 66% passer rating in good starting field position at the Pittsburgh 31. O'Donnell connected with Dwight Stone right away for a first down on the first play, and it looked like the Steelers could start off quickly. But the very reliable Barry Foster fumbled the ball on the very next play and set the Saints up at the Steelers' 43-yard line. The ball was knocked loose by 35-year-old Ricky Jackson, from Pitt, who was having one of the finest seasons of his great career. And the ball was recovered by West Virginia Mountaineer, Ronaldo Turnbull. Bill Cower wanted to establish field position very early on in this game. And this thwarted his plans early, Tony. The visitors coming in 5-0. and You started off 0-2 if you're the Steelers. You won three in a row. You want to have some momentum early and then have your best uh, offensive player turn the ball over early. It wasn't a good way to start the game. So you know that Wade Wilson, the veteran, is going to come in. He's having a good start to the season. He came over from Atlanta after the Saints. Bobby Bear landed in the Peach State. And Wilson led his Saints out on the field looking to capitalize right away. But with Joel Steed in Wilson's face, the pass to Derek Brown was behind the running back. It was deflected near number 26, Rod Woodson, who made a spectacular grab. 
and he raced in for the score with only 149 gone in the first. It was seven to nothing for the Steel City Boys. Yeah, I remember just like it was yesterday, uh, Woodson, he was one of those rare defensive players that could actually take over a game by himself. What I thought was funny about Rod is he had world-class speed, you know, he's a track and field guy, but he always looked like he was lumbering when he ran, but nobody could catch him. He was such a fantastic and dominant player, and you could see how, how the difference he made right away, making it 7 nothing the home team. Hot Rod had a reach for the ball. It was actually behind him, and it was an athletic play. Wow. And you mentioned his world-class speed. Even with that speed, it really helps to have a convoy to lead you in. And he had guys like LeVon Kirkland and Donald Evans leading the way. It was Woodson's sixth pick of the year in a season in which he'd win the Defensive Player of the Year award. And this was the sixth game. And this was number six for Woodson. Wow, Tony. Yeah, he was truly dominant. And, and there's a reason why he was named to the All-75 anniversary team in 1994. He, was bar- he wasn't even a decade into his career, and they already named him to that team. He was just absolutely a, a, an amazing, phenomenal player, and the Steelers are, were so lucky to get him with the number 10 pick of the 87 draft. Would you say that one of the biggest free agency errors by the Pittsburgh Steelers was watching him walk away in 1997? Oh, absolutely, because he was such a special player, and he's somebody, I think, if, if he would have played his entire career here, he probably would have, right after Joe Green, been, in, been the next in line to have his, his jersey retired, in, in my opinion. He was so dominant and one of the all-time greats, so Dan Rooney said it many times. That was one of his biggest regrets, was allowing Rob Woodson to leave after the 96 season. We'll never know, but that one player could have helped them win the AFC Championship game over Denver, in 1997, he was in that NFC Championship game the very same day. San Francisco and Green Bay, he lost in that game as the Steelers, his former team, lost back in Pittsburgh. But I really think that they win the Super Bowl that year if they just have Rod Woodson. We'll never know, but it's fun to think about. That was such a close game, a three-point game against the Broncos. And I would have taken one or two plays by the defense to swing the tide. So, yeah, you're, you never know. Wilson would come back out this time at the Saints' own 13-yard line. But that Steelers had a swarming defense back then, and it was led by Greg Lloyd, number 95, and number 91 in his debut season with the Steelers, Kevin Green, and they forced a three and out and a Tommy Barnhart punt. After Dion Figures fielded the punt, he was the Steelers' number one pick that year, Neil O'Donnell led the Steelers' offense onto the field, but they initially stayed on the ground with Barry Foster and Leroy Thompson, moving the chains behind a sound offensive line. However, O'Donnell was nearly sacked by Ricky Jackson. There's that name again. And a drop by Stone led to a Mark Royals punt. Wilson immediately went to the air on the next series, and with only one pick thrown in five games, number 18 threw his second pick of the quarter, on a ball intended for Eric Martin. The assailant, Tony, I bet you could not guess who that man was. I'm going to take a a guess and say Hot Rod, number 26, the diving catcher along the sideline. It was such a a great moment. Again, you know, it was fantastic. Yes, it was. So he gets his second interception of the game. It is not going to be hard to say who the MVP of this game was quite possibly could be. And let's get all formal here, Tony. It's mm-hmm. Roderick Kevin. I knew it wasn't Rodney. So it's Right, Roderick. I knew that part. I knew that part. Yeah, I didn't know the middle name. 
no offense to anybody named Rodney, but Roderick <laughs> is regal to me. So I like that. Roderick Woodson with the pick. So here we go again. O'Donnell went right away to the play action pass. And it was the screen game this time as his toss to Barry Foster was accepted gladly at the 20 by number 29 for the score down the left sideline. Just like that, it was 14 to zip in the favor of the black and gold after Gary Anderson knocked through the point after. Tony, they could score in a lot of ways, but that running game and that screen game was very big for O'Donnell back in the 1990s. Foster pretty much went untouched, and there were great blocks by Duval Love and, and of course, the legendary Damani Dawson leading him. I think it was a play call by Bill Cower, actually, and O'Donnell didn't want to call it, but he begrudgingly did, and, and of course, Cower gave him some joking grief on the sidelines. Perfect play. When the Steelers' defense retook the field, Kenny Davidson in for an injured Gerald Williams. He stepped in front of Brown and stopped him for a four-yard loss. On the next play, Woodson nearly got his third theft of the quarter as he broke up a pass intended for Martin once again. Joel Steed's sack on third down led to another punt and a three-and-out situation, Tony. Yeah, Joel Steed, he was a very underrated player in, in Steelers lore. He preceded Casey Hampton, kind of gets lost in the shuffle because he wasn't on a Super Bowl team, but he was a very special player for them during his time. Disaster nearly struck on the punt return as Dion figures once again got cracked and the ball popped into the air. But a very alert Tim Jordan snagged it out of the air to avoid the turnover. So good heads up play by Tim Jordan, I believe number 84 at the time, the tight end. The Saints had a sound defense as well and forced a couple of third down situations for the Steelers on the next series. But passes to Stone and Thompson moved the chains twice, but a third third down pass fell to the turf and the Steelers were forced to punt once again. But Carnell Lake broke up a third down pass on the next series and it was another three and out for the New Orleans Saints, followed by another by the Steelers, and yet another by the Saints after a Kevin Green sack ended the quarter with a 14-0 Steelers lead. Yeah, it's hard to complain about the start of the game, 14-0 after 15 minutes. I think if you're the Steelers at that, at that moment, you'll take it to be up on a 5-0 team like that. I couldn't believe it, but I was actually in Pittsburgh, and I really wanted to go to that game, and I was driving home listening to this. And I had it recorded at home, so I was able to go back and watch it. But really fun getting ready to drive to my home and hearing all this that was happening. And I was shocked. I did not expect them to come out this strong after the first five games were not so great for the Steelers. Where three and outs were a trend at the end of the first, the turnover trend at the beginning of the game reemerged in quarter number two. First, O'Donnell threw an errand pass that Keith Taylor hauled in for the pick. Then a long catch and run by Irv Smith was for naught as Lake punched the ball out and it was recovered by the first round rookie figures at the Pittsburgh 18. Figures was busy in this game. The Steelers put the ball in Foster's hands as number 29 was doing it all with four straight first downs. But the Steelers went away from Foster and then the drive stalled. Anderson came in, as he always would, and hit a 40-yard field goal. With 9-11 left in the half, the Steelers led 
17 to nothing at this point. Could this be a blowout, Tony? At this point, I was thinking it. What were you thinking back then? Oh, I was thinking absolutely. And, and it shows you how important turnovers are. All 17 points up to this point were, were generated by turnovers. So, yeah, if you're, if you're Bill Cowher, you had to be loving this. You're running the ball, you're, you're playing great defense, and you're taking advantage of mistakes by the opponent. With the ball back, Bill Cowher's offense, well, they were facing a third and 11 after an Adrian Cooper drop pass. But number 14 connected on a screen to Stone, and number 20 took it for a 32-yard gain to the 16. An Eric Green reception had the Steelers on the doorsteps at the two-yard line. Then to cap it off, the Steelers went to the ground. And who would be best to give it to, Tony? Number 29 himself, Barry Foster. Make it 24. He barely, he barely uh, broke the plane, but it's all you have to do is barely break it. And it's 24 nothing. Still the first, first half. It was a very punishing, a very physical one-yard plunge. Anderson's point after did make it, like you said, 24 to nothing. There's 2.17 left on the Three River Stadium clock in the half. Wilson, he was one out of 10 with 23 yards and two interceptions, led his team back onto the gridiron in hopes of getting points before the half. But the Steelers' defense held again with the ball on the 11-yard line. The Steelers took to the ground to run out the half. So, Tony, it's time for the half. It's 24 to nothing, and we're going to see what happens next on the Steelers Retro Show, you got to come back right after this for the fun conclusion of this epic game from 1993. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Alongside me, as always, is the great Tony Defio. And Tony and I are having a lot of fun with this game it's the saints it's the steelers they always had very tight games this one wasn't a tight one tony but this was a 5-0 and team in the new orleans saints and the second half could get crazy because the steelers knew how to turn the ball over but thankfully they knew how to get turnovers for themselves tony what are your thoughts steelers made some some mistakes in the first half they turned the ball over but they also took the ball away on defense. The, the offense was doing really well, uh, really being really productive, moving the ball. And the defense was so dominant. The Saints didn't have a first down to the very end of the first half. That's how dominant they were. So, I mean, going into the second half, up 24 nothing, you couldn't ask for more than that. Now, we didn't say this at the beginning, but the coach of the Saints was a very good coach in that time for many a year, lasted into the new millennium. And we are going to do ourselves a disservice if we did not mention Jim Mora and his famous phrase, Tony. So here we go. Jim Mora, what do you think about the playoffs? 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 <laughs> Just trying to win a game. Playoffs? Are you kidding me with this team? I think I got it all. 
Yeah, and we didn't even plan that. I put you on the spot with that, and you got it perfect. I love it. <laughs> Playoffs? Poor Jim Mora. That's all. Uh, he's known so much for that that I knew I knew it without without even even being prompted. <laughs> so, to start the second half, Jim Mora's team was not thinking about playoffs, but they came out looking to get onto the scoreboard nonetheless. A first down would have been nice, but Wilson threw his third interception of the game. So I'm sure Mr. Mora had very fun choice words in the locker room after mm -hmm. that game. This time, the ball bounced out of Brad Muster's hands and into the waiting arms of the great Carnell Lake. But the Steelers gave it right back as they were nearing the end zone. Leroy Thompson, in for an injured Barry Foster at this point, looked to be galloping in for the score when the ball was knocked loose and the Saints recovered it. The Steelers looked to avoid the turnover when Gene Atkins tried to lateral the ball and Merrill Hodge fell on it but Atkins did step out of bounds and that saved the saints. So the saints, Tony almost turned the ball right back over Atkins screwed up, but he saved himself by running out of bounds before he screwed up. So there you go. The Steelers would have had the ball, but because of that mistake by the saints, the saints kept the ball. How ironic is that Tony? It's pretty ironic. They were doing everything in their power that day to, to give the game to the Steelers. And, and it's a shame that Thompson fumbled on the play because that, that would have been the final nail in the coffin, 31 nothing at that point. But this is still going to be the Steelers' day. I have a pretty good feeling. It wouldn't matter much, though, as another three and out would occur. The Steelers methodically drove the ball down the field, mostly with passes to and runs by Leroy Thompson out of Penn State. Thompson was very valuable to the team in 1993 this was his third season the Penn Stater had to play a lot of football that year and if he would have started more games if Barry Foster would have been injured earlier well Thompson would have had a thousand yard season it was a great year for him the Steelers got down to the five but couldn't get in Gary Anderson knocked through a field goal from 22 out and at this point Tony I'm thinking the route is on because it's 27 to nothing the Steelers Absolutely. I mean, it was all Steelers all day long. And, and the way that defense was playing as dominant as the likes of Woodson and Green and, and Lloyd and, and Kirkland were and, and Carnell Lake, who always gets overlooked. Uh, there was no way the Saints were going to come back in this game. On the next attempt to get on the scoreboard, Kevin Green, with short hair at the time, believe <laughs> it or not, had a sack and a stop. And Rod Woodson broke up a pass as well. Another Saints three and out and another Saints punt, just like that. With 3.59 left in the third, the Men of Steel came out looking for more. Thompson reeled off a 31-yarder where he fell down, got back up, and a 10-yarder to get down to the two-yard line. But the drive stalled once again when Hodge dropped a ball in the end zone and with Thompson getting dropped for a loss. Anderson comes on. It's a chip shot. It's a 29-yarder. And the score became 30 to nothing with 141 left in the third. The Saints were starting to move the ball, though, as the third quarter began, but LaVon Kirkland absolutely crushed Wilson on a sack. The ball was jarred loose, and Kevin Green, who was having a fantastic game, he was young in his Steelers career. This was only his fifth game with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was becoming a legend already as he recovered that ball. With Mike Tomzak now in the game, no O'Donnell wasn't hurt. 
it was time to, you know, get some reps for number 18 and give Neil O'Donnell a rest. And the Steelers would continue to score behind the Ohio State Tom Zach. Vaughn Johnson tipped Tom Zach's pass to Eric Green, but the deflection went straight to number 86, who was not Heinz Ward at the time, and it was not Preston Gothard, but hmm. do you know who that 86 was, Tonester? It was the often dominant and often brilliant Eric Green who, who reeled in the pass, and, and, and just like that, it was 37-0, and the Steelers could do no – even though they did some wrong on the day, they, they turned the ball over, but they really could do no wrong. It was their day. And just like that, it's 37 nothing. The route was officially on, if there was any doubt at this point. So that's a 26-yard score. They're really doing it at this point. After another three and out, the Saints, well, they punted once again. Tim Worley would make an appearance in the game, but a three and out followed. From there, the Saints would bring Mike Buck. I thought it was going to be Mike Beck. I thought our very own Michael Beck <laughs> was going to be in the game, but... He wasn't even born at this point, if you believe that. Three years from being born. <laughs> That's a shame. He was born in 1996. That's my worst I'm part of this show. Yeah, realizing how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So Mike Buck comes in the game and takes over for Wilson at the quarterback position. Buck would lead the Saints to two touchdowns with a three-yard scoring pass to Torrance Small and a 63-yard scoring throw to Quinn Early. The second was 12 seconds left to play, so there was no need to worry whatsoever. After Morton Anderson hit the point after, the Steelers closed out the contest with a 37-14 victory over the previously undefeated 5-0 Saints. The Saints are now, like we said, 5-1, and and the Steelers raised their record to 4-2. and the Steelers would eventually go to the playoffs that season as they would take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the very first round. That game goes to overtime. Kansas City gets the ball first, and the Steelers never have a chance as Joe Montana, Marcus Allen, and company beat the Steelers. That's a very good game. That's a retro show candidate for the future. But that was a very good season for the Steelers because Barry Foster went out. He was gone for a good bit of the 93 season. I really got to say here, the Steelers were building on to what became great seasons for 94 and 95. And this was the season when they were starting to put it all together in Bill Cowher's second year. The Steelers were becoming a team for the 90s, not the team of the 90s, but this was one of the games that helped shape that decade. Absolutely. Much like the, the, the Monday night game against the Bills that we, we chronicled a while back on this show. To beat up a contender like that, it, it showed the world that they were uh, the real deal. And the Steelers showed a lot of resiliency in 93. They started off 0-2. They had their struggles after this game. You know, Down the stretch, they, they needed some help at the end of the season to make it to playoffs. But they still got in there and they gave the Chiefs all they could handle in, in that wildcard game. But I think you're right. This, this was a precursor to what was yet to come in 94, 95, 96, 97. This team, you know, coming off 92, I'm wondering if people thought that were they just paper champion when they won that division in Cowers first year. But for them to rebound and, and make the playoffs after a slow start, that showed me a lot. You and I have a lot of regard for Rod Woodson, Carnell Lake, Joel Steed, a lot of these players. I still hold Neil O'Donnell in high regard. Yeah, because of what happened in 1995 in that Super Bowl. Just I thought he was a pretty good quarterback for the Steelers. I'm not in love with that guy like 
Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield tease me about, but I'm <laughs> a Neil O'Donnell apologist. I still don't think he threw that Super Bowl, but that's for another time. And what, what I'm going to say about this team is I really enjoyed the early 90s teams. And for guys like Jeff and Dave Schofield, who we just mentioned, these early 90s, mid 90s teams were the squads that really shaped their memories. And that's when they were growing up and they were in middle school and high school and they were really starting to understand and pick up football. For you and I, we grew up in the 80s. So we were in our college years at this time and I was just getting out of college. And I remember this just being a very fun time too. So another one of my favorite decades, 93 is a special season for me as well. Now, do you remember where you were watching this game, Tony? I remember I was with my grandfather who was sick at the time. He was term terminally ill and my uncle Eugene, who's the same age as me. And we were enjoying the heck out of it. And we were enjoying my, my grandfather got a chuckle out of Jim Mora after the game, speaking of quotes saying we got our bleeps whipped today. So that's, I, that's where I was uh, in the West end of Pittsburgh. So I got to tell you, I started out this game in Pittsburgh. I actually was thinking about trying to go and find tickets outside the stadium. I didn't have a whole heck of a lot of money. So I just drove home and I caught the second half with my dad as I watched the game. The reason I was in Pittsburgh the night before, I scored free tickets from the radio station I was working at. Not for the game, but free tickets for, of all things, Duran Duran at the AJ Palumbo Center. And you know how I love my 80s music. I was front row and it was me and a whole bunch of women. Just in the front row. I think I was the only dude there. And when they uh, were giving away the set list, they, for some reason, they handed the set list to me. But watching Simon LeBon up close, this was a very good band and a great memory for me as well. So I had an awesome weekend and I had a lot of fun and I stayed on campus that night as well. And it was just, it, it was a great time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a great, great weekend. You get to watch Duran Duran and you get to watch the Steelers beat up on the Saints. Uh, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. I should have called you, Tony. I just didn't know you. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talk about the DeLorean. We needed one. We need one now to go back to that year. All right. So I will go ahead and I'll blow off my date and I'll take you to the concert and then we'll get tickets for the game. How about that? Wow. You're, you're a better man than I would be. That's for sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> For Tony Duffio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can take us away. We don't mind, but you better promise us we'll be back in time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say? Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.